And we're back for round two. We're going to start right away with JR on the clock for the Cleveland Browns with pick 33. Yeah, so this definitely is a luxury pick. And what I mean by that is anytime you can get one of those early picks in the second round, you're definitely getting in that range where guys where they may have slipped or been overlooked due to red flags or some off the field stuff. But this guy has seemed to have been lost in the shuffle due to it being a deep cornerback class. And that's Isaiah Oliver the corner from Colorado. I, I mean, I agree with you there. The cornerback class is loaded. Danny, you went with the quarterback to start the draft. Where are you going round two, pick 34 for the New York Giants? Well, I think that, uh, I think Gettleman is, and he obviously he comes from an organization where they like to build through the trenches. And I think he, he probably continued to do that, you know, the inside out. And, and I went with Deron Payne, Alabama for the Giants here at the 34th pick. You know, they have a pretty strong defensive line already, but it's one of those things that just adds strength to the strength. And I think they want to be, you know, that punch you in the face type of team. And I think that that pains exactly what the, you know, he can do, you know, that's what he can do for your team. And so, um, you know, he slipped a little bit. I think he's probably, he might go first round. And I think getting him here looks like kind of a, a good deal. I agree. I think he's got a good shot to go in the first round. He's a first-round talent for a lot of people, so this is a good value spot. Jerry, you come back with the 35th pick in the draft for the Cleveland Browns. Where are you going? And tell me a little bit about this player. Yeah, so I went Colton Miller here, the tackle from UCLA. He surged up boards because of his stellar combine performance tested in the upper echelon of many categories at the combine, so his stock has really soared since that point, and we all know Joe Thomas just retired from the Cleveland Browns. So they need a guy at that tackle spot and he won't be forced to play right away because he is a bit raw, but he has a lot of upside. So I think this is a perfect fit for him to go. Yeah. I, I would like to see him be able to sit a little bit and develop because he's got a lot of false step out of his stance. And so I, I really like that call for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you want as many talented guys in that building as possible. And you're back on the clock for the 36 pick with the Vikings after they traded down from the, with the Colts. Yeah, so I went with Billy Price here the center or guard from Ohio State. I think this will be a home run pick for mm-hmm. the Vikings. Obviously, they have his old teammate in Pat Elfline, so you're pairing him back up with a guy he has natural chemistry with. Now, the one scary thing about it is that he is suffering or he's coming back from the partial pectoral pair tear that he suffered at the combine, so there is a bit of nervousness there as far as him having some limited rehab time there, but as far as him coming in and being your right guard right away, I think he's a guy that could fill that hole. But obviously there is some risk associated with this pick. He was talked about as a consensus first rounder before the torn pick too. So you're, you're getting a talented guy. Not that Minnesota needs any more talented players, but uh, I, I like this pick a lot. The 37th pick of the draft with the Colts offensive lineman just went again. And I, I didn't want to force a pick here. I want Josh Sweat out of Florida State, the edge rusher. He's kind of all over the place for people. I've seen him as a top 20 prospect for some people. He's been on three visits with the Tennessee Titans, could very easily go there at 25, I think. The Colts need guys that get after the passer, and Sweat can do that. He's a freak athlete. He's coming off the major knee injury, but you saw him improve as the season went on. And, I again, I'm, I'm trying to get as many high-end guys as I can in the Colts building here, so that's why I went uh, Sweat from Florida State there. Danny, you are back on the clock for the 38th pick in the draft with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after taking Saquon Barkley in the first round. Yeah, and I think... They obviously need some help on the defense. I think in playing in the division that they play in, obviously with Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and uh, Cam Newton, I think you can. It, there's no such thing as having too many corners. So um, this is a guy I picked Mike Hughes out of UCF, who I think some people see him as a first rounder. I think it, obviously he 
fit right in there in the, in the early second. And so he's a competitive, you know, aggressive guy. I think he'd be exactly what the Bucks need. He probably can beat for a starting job right away. Uh, maybe they'll move uh, Hargraves into the slot or something like that and, and try and try and get all their best guys on the field at the same time. So I think he could, uh, he could be a, a instant impact player for them. JR is loving your draft right now based on his draft board with Hughes and Barkley. I can tell you that much. Um, <laughs> Brett, somehow we let you pick three straight times here. You're, <laughs> you're uh, pick 39 with the Chicago Bears after taking Harold Landry in the first round, 40 with the Broncos after taking Quentin Nelson in the first round, and with the 41st pick, you have the Oakland Raiders after taking Roquan Smith in the first round. So kind of walk me through these next three picks and what you were thinking. Right on. So at 39 with the Bears, I went Jamarco Jones, offensive tackle from Ohio State. Jones seems like the typical guy that is just going to somehow sneak into the first round to me. Uh, we already talked about kind of the, the way the NFL values tackles, and there's always guys that go way earlier than you think. I think he could probably be that guy. Um, but I was happy to get him here. The the Bears in the offseason, they they really went aggressively at their biggest need in pass catchers um, in free agency, which allows them to kind of just play the board, you know, really well in this draft. So I love getting another pass protector. He, he's got a really good year of, of tape at right tackle and a really good year at left tackle. So he can play either or. I think he uses his length super well. Um, he didn't really pass protect out of a whole lot of true sets in that weird Ohio State offense, but – um, I think he's showed in the trades that he he's ready to do it. He only allowed three sacks on over a thousand pass block snaps in college, so it's pretty impressive. I like him. And then with the 40th pick in the draft, you're the Denver Broncos, and you pick. I think Jr. This is your favorite quarterback in the draft, isn't it? Oh, absolutely not. That's your guy. <laughs> <laughs> this is your guy. <laughs> yeah. So I went Mason Rudolph, uh, Oklahoma State quarterback. I love Rudolph. I know everyone at PFF does as well, so I'm not the, I'm not the only guy there, but. You know, for, for our college grading system, he put up three elite seasons over over 90 overall. Um, and, and I like the fact that he, another guy that doesn't have to come in and play right away, they got Case Keenum on a two-year deal. And so by the end of that contract, they should know whether Rudolph is the guy or not. Um, and it's, it's honestly, it's really low risk being a second-round pick. They didn't have to take a guy in the first round. Um, but what I love about Rudolph is his ability um, to throw outside the numbers with timing and accuracy. So I think it's going to bode well with those receivers they have there. And I'm, I like Mason Rudolph too, I think. And his arm strength concerns, I think, are a little overblown. I think he's very accurate. And then you're back on the clock for the 41st pick with the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, so the, I wasn't super sure on this pick. Uh, you know, I'm interested for some feedback on this as well. But I went with Nick Chubb running back. I just think Derek Carr is so much better when he's got a good run game. And Lynch is starting to get old. I don't think Doug Martin has any anything left really. And behind beyond that, it's we're not really sure what's going on. So I love I love the fit with the Raiders. Um, you know, Chubb's a guy that just he does all the small things really well. Uh, he's a yards after contact phenom, which you know helps keep the offense rolling. So Chubb and Lynch would be a lot of fun, man. And I think that's that fits what I, I feel like that fits Gruden's personality too. Yeah, it really fits Gruden in yeah. terms of the old school football. Chubb is Chubb is really an old school running back. I mean, he can do some new school things, obviously, but his ability between the tackles I think is phenomenal. Jr., you're back on the clock with a 42nd overall pick uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Their first round pick was Tremaine Edmonds, uh, and who who you got going here? Yeah, so I have Mike Gasicki, the tight end from Penn State, and I think this will be a great pick for them because they have a huge hole or need at tight end. Just listen to their tight end depth chart right now is Marquise Gray, A.J. Derby, and Gavin Escobar. 
So <laughs> they have a huge need at tight end. I think Gasecki could step in and definitely fill a huge hole for them. Gay seems to like having like versatile tight ends too. So yeah, I like that a lot. I, I love the pick. I think Gasecki's a really good player or has a chance to be a really good player. I also do think that you could basically do that at every single Dolphins uh, depth chart position where you just read through <laughs> it and you're like, yeah, they could they could use a guy here. So just throwing more Dolphin shade out there. Going from the AFC lease to the AFC East champion every single year. Brett, you're back on the clock and somehow a, a superstar player fell to the Patriots after they were able to add Mike McGlinchey and Leighton Van Der Esch in the first round. Yeah, I was I was thrilled to get Joshua Jackson here. You know, he's your prototype New England corner. He's got the size, the length. He can play press. He can play off. Um, you know, he was the highest graded corner PFF has ever had in, in college. So that being said, I think we're we're pretty happy to get him here at 43. Um, my favorite thing about him is his ball skills. You know, he racked up 26 plays on the ball last year on 91 targets. Highest, we call that the playmaker index, highest Damn. playmaker index of anyone in the country. And you know what? He's got a history of picking off uh, new Bills quarterback uh, Josh Allen, right, that Danny drafted <laughs> in the first round. Um, so he can just kind of continue that transition right into the NFL there. I'm on the clock with the 44th pick in the Washington Redskins after taking uh, a safety in the first round in Micah Fitzpatrick. I'm taking Sony Michelle running back. I think him and Chris Thompson, you can line up on the same field and pass catching situations. I, I think they complement each other pretty well in terms of, you know, you want Thompson to get touches and Michelle might not be a 20 touch a game guy, but I think the Redskins biggest need is running back. I think P Ryan is uh, not very good. I think Kelly is not very good and they, they need some playmakers and uh, Sony Michelle, I think really fits that role. JR, you're on the clock for the 45th and 46th pick with the Green Bay Packers picking 45th and the Bengals after that. In the first round with the Packers, you took Jair Alexander, cornerback out of Louisville, and the Bengals took James Daniels, center out of Iowa. Tell me about these next two picks. Yeah, so with the Packers, I went with Dante Pettis, the receiver from Washington. I think this would be a fantastic pick for them. You talk about a team that needs some young talent at receiver. We know Jordy Nelson is now out the door to Oakland, but Randall Cobb is still there and Devontae Adams is still there. But after that, the depth chart is a little thin. And I think if you insert a guy like Pettis, you bring a guy that not only brings some young talent to the receiving core, but he also brings some value as a return specialist as well. Yeah, I think Pettis is NFL ready right now, and I really like that about his game. And who'd you go with the Bengals at pick 46? Yeah, I went with Dante Jackson here for the Bengals, the cornerback from LSU. I think this would be a great pick as well. They have a great secondary right now with William Jackson and Drake Patrick, who are some guys they definitely rely on, and George Iloka, but they seem to be missing that nickel guy. And Dante Jackson has proven that he can be an elite player at that position, and I just think he fits the attitude and the identity of what the Bengals are doing. And the Bengals have yet to draft someone with a criminal record, so this is the most unrealistic draft that we've that you've seen. Um, <laughs> Uh, Danny, you're back on the clock with the 47th pick after taking Lamar Jackson in the first round for the Cardinals. Who are the Cardinals going with here? I thought about going with the receiver here, but ultimately decided to uh, grab Sam Hubbard, defensive end. Obviously, we don't really know exactly what kind of defense the Cardinals are going to run yet. It's kind of TBD, but I think in general, like we talked about this, you just can't have too many corners. You can't have too many pass rushers. And so I think he's a, he's the kind of guy that could give the Cardinals, you know, he could rotate immediately give them a you know a good pass rusher, a good run defender, kind of a guy that can do a little bit of everything for them and, and factor in on their rotation. And so, you know, if the Cardinals are going to compete, I think it's because their defense is going to be really good. I think he, he could, you know, be an immediate impact player for them. 
I think Hubbard's one of those guys that is all over the place and could kind of go wherever in the draft. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I I mean I like the call. You're you're getting a pass. You're getting a pass rusher and you're getting a quarterback for the Cardinals, two of the most position important positions in the draft. Brett, you're back on the clock with the Chargers after they took Mo Hirsch. You know a lot. Of, one of the most popular picks to the Chargers is Mike McGlinchey because they need tackle help. So where'd you go here with the 48th pick? I went Tyrell Crosby tackle from uh, from Oregon. Um, I think he's a day one starter for them. He can play right tackle. Um, he's an elite run mauler. I, I, he fits well. You know they they run a very you know fast paced offense, and I, I think in Oregon you didn't see him do a whole lot of true pass sets. But I don't think that's going to be a huge hindrance for him because the Chargers you know they do a lot of quick passes and three step drops as well. So um, and then they mix that in with their deep stuff. So I, I like the pick. I think uh, I think he's going to be a big addition to that run game. Yeah, I agree. And you know, for anyone that has not watched Oregon play football or study Royce Freeman or Crosby, go watch what Oregon's offense did this past year in terms of their offensive line because that that is that is football porn and how creative they got. Uh, I'm back on the clock with the 49th pick in the Indianapolis Colts after taking Josh Sweat earlier, and then Derwin James and Darius Guys so far. I'm going to take James Washington, wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. I think Washington is an NFL-ready receiver. He was killing people down at the Senior Bowl. He's going to win intermediate and deep. He's really good at stacking, really good tracking the football, good body control. I think that he compliments T.Y. Hill, and they're both going to be able to get down the field. And if Andrew Luck's shoulder is healthy, they can he can have a lot of dominant – dominating weapons to to throw the football to again i didn't necessarily see an offensive lineman here that i wanted to force i thought about austin Colbert out of nevada but i think that with the addition of um slauson and muhort that it was less of a need than people are making it out to be so i didn't want to force it the dallas cowboys are on the clock with the 50th overall pick i took dj shark uh wide receiver at lsu now this is probably not the pick i would ultimately go with but the Cowboys have no one that can separate. Basically, the Cowboys have no one that gets open that creates separation. And if there's one thing DJ Shark is, does is he gets vertical and he creates separation. And I really think they need that aspect at wide receiver. So I, I kind of reached on Shark there. Brett, you're back on the clock with the Lions and the 51st overall pick after taking Frank Ragno with the 31st overall pick. Uh, who are you going with here? Taven Bryan from Florida. Um, interior defender I a constant theme you'll see from me through this whole this whole mock is I like building the trenches out you know the Lions desperately needed a player inside of that defense that could get some pressure on the quarterback um, they ranked 29th in pressure rate as a team in 2017 most of that pain was from the interior they they hardly generated any pressure at all from the inside I think you know Brian's got a little bit of development to do some play strength to work on but he steps in right away and can give them you know a really nice third down pass rush from the inside um he, he racked up like 31 pressures on just 250 pass rushes last year he's another guy that gets talked about in the first round um and this is probably a really good value spot for him at 51st overall i'm back on the clock for the last time in the draft so you guys can all celebrate that you're getting the top analysis on the next picks remaining out from here with the ravens first pick i took Cortland sutton wide receiver at smu with this pick i might be reaching based on other people but i really like mark andrews uh the tight end from oklahoma now he's gonna have some inline blocking issues but he's a developed receiver right now can line up in the slot you can move him around he's really good after the catch good catch radius again we talked about earlier make the ability to make contested catches uh the ravens need that with joe flacco's accuracy and you know i just want to get him as many playmakers as possible so i added uh mark andrews there danny you're back on the clock with the buffalo bills and the 53rd overall pick after you took 
Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley with your first two first round selections. Um, where, where are you going here for the Bills? So I went back over to the uh, the defensive side of the ball, and you know, last year, I think in the beginning of the year, in the middle of the year, they kind of surprised at how good they were on defense. It kind of fell apart later in the year, but a lot of that had to do with what Tre'Davious White was doing, and I think. You know, they lost DJ Gaines, and, and I think, you know, Vontae Davis is a bit of a flyer. So I went with corner just for the long term. Um, Carlton Davis out of Auburn, he's another guy who's like aggressive, you know, physical, and I think he could fit in over there. And so, yeah, it, I'm actually surprised he's still on the board. I thought he might go a little bit higher um, just based on everything, you know, kind of seeing about him, hearing about him. So um, thought that was a good value, at, you know, for corner at that spot. Yeah, again, this is where a deep cornerback class pushes some guys down the board, and you know yep. there, there, are, there are a lot of really good corners in this class. Uh, JR, you are back up with the Kansas City Chiefs, who did not have a first-round selection after trading it for Patrick Mahomes last season. Uh, who are you going with here at 54 overall? Yeah, so the guy we really wanted actually went one pick before in Carlton Davis, and we're really heartbroken by that. But <laughs> <laughs> we still end up addressing corner and get a guy that we like in MJ Stewart. Now, he's not that big physical outside corner like Carlton Davis is, but he provides some versatility in the slot and outside as well. And I know that they have Kendall Fuller, who they traded for for Alex Smith, but MJ Stewart gives you some good versatility as that swing guy inside or outside. So you continue to build that pool of guys and that plethora of talent in your secondary. I, I really like that call. The Chiefs secondary outside of Marcus Peters was weak last year. Obviously, they got rid of Peters. Fuller's a big help, but uh, Stewart is a guy that a, a lot of analysts are really high on, so I, I like that call there. Danny, you are back up with the Carolina Panthers in the 55th overall pick after taking Marcus Davenport in the first round. Where are you going here? Uh, it's another trench player. I went with uh, Austin Corbett, and you know he's the kind of guy that I don't know if he like is super flashy or whatever, but I, I've heard a lot about him like rising up draft boards lately, and, and he could be. I think maybe Pauline, Tony Pauline, maybe said he was potentially an early second round pick, and so I think he he's you know this is based on a need. Obviously, the the Panthers lost uh, Norwell in free agency, and so they've always been a team that has focused on the trenches and focused on the offensive line. I think you know they're going to still want to run the ball punch a bunch, and and obviously protecting Cam Newton's. Uh, paramount importance so um yeah just one with the offensive line there and and think it uh just bolsters that that group there david gettleman might be gone but he still lives with this draft class of focusing on the trenches Jared. i think rivera i think rivera is probably shares the same philosophy that that's kind of what i'm going with and i think you know it's just a personality thing again it's identity I, thing i think it makes a lot of sense jr austin carver's <laughs> one of your guys isn't he yeah, now he's a guy that's probably going to have to transition to the inside, but that works out perfectly for the Panthers, and I definitely think he feels a position of need. Danny, you're back on the clock with the Buffalo Bills. They're, they've been very active so far, already selecting Carlton Davis a couple picks earlier. Who are you going with here? This is a guy who, you know, we mentioned you don't know where Sam Hubbard's going to go. I have no idea where Lorenzo Carter's going to go because there's just not many guys that have his length and explosiveness, and I think – um, he kind of, you know, not necessarily the same player, but he kind of reminds me a little bit of Bruce Irvin in the sense that he's like super explosive and, and athletic, but not necessarily refined. I just think he'd be the kind of guy the Bills could play kind of in, in several different roles on their defense. You know, he could be a Sam linebacker. He could he could rush the passer at times, kind of play him all over. And so basically they're betting on upside, betting that he's going to get better in, in, as a pass rusher and more, more you know, consistent and, so, yeah, that's what I went with there. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, who could be, I think, a Sam and a, and a pass rusher in, in sub-packages. That's fantastic value for for what he is. And he's one of the most athletic <clears throat> linebackers 
the draft has ever seen. I think uh, in the the RAS score system, I think he's the number one linebacker. You're back on the clock with the 57th overall pick in the Tennessee Titans after taking Rashawn Evans in the first round. Uh, you you wanted a pass rusher in Marcus Davenport, but you're able to grab one here. Yeah, I, I was thrilled to get um, Kamoko Ture. Uh, I think the, he's a risky pick for sure, but uh, he's another one of those guys that just, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he went in the first round somehow. You know, talent evaluators are enamored with pass rushers and pass protectors, and I just could see him jumping into that first round somehow. So I'm happy to get him here. The Titans are sitting with Brian Rackpo and Derek Morgan as their main edge guys. Both of those guys are still effective players, but neither one of them are are no longer dynamic pass rushers. And they're both 30, so... I think it makes plenty of sense here to grab a guy that can come in right away and, get, and at least give you a third down pass rush and probably develop into uh, into one of the better you know r- pass rushers in this class. Um, he's got ridiculous bend for a big guy. so He's one of my guys bend. in this class that uh, I'm really hoping he falls to 71. I, I think it's like a 1 in 100 shot, but I think this is good value. <laughs> uh, JR, you're back on the clock after taking Will Hernandez in the first round because you com- you said that he would be the best bodyguard in the entire class. You come in in the second round and get the second best bodyguard in the class. So talk to me about who's fighting the Falcons and, w- and why do you need so much protection over there? <laughs> yeah, I think the Falcons need a one technique. Obviously, with Dontari Poe gone to the Panthers now, they have a big hole at that position. And you talk about getting a guy like Nathan Shepard here and pairing him with a guy like Grady Jerry. I think that'd be a fantastic interior front. Yeah, I mean, this is a what a D two guy, right? If people don't know anything about him, uh, twenty five years old, kind of did real well in the Senior Bowl, blew up the combine, kind of looks like a grown man when you, when you watch him play football. <laughs> You're back on the clock for the San Francisco 49ers in the 49th overall pick. You took the Denzel Ward in the first round. Where are you going here? Yeah, so they have a hole at linebacker now. Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with the Reuben Foster situation. So they have a big void they need to fill at linebacker. And I think a guy like Malik Jefferson could provide that play, could provide that prospect for them. Uh, he doesn't just bring you versatility at that spot. He also can be an edge rusher as well. So I like the fit here. Yeah, the the Reuben Foster thing is a mess. And it, the, the 49ers certainly need – they were probably considering a linebacker before that all happened, and now it's, it's, it's certainly a big need. Danny, you're on the clock with the Pittsburgh Steelers after taking Ronnie Harrison in the first round. Where are you going here? Well, it doesn't seem like they're probably going to end up keeping Le'Veon Bell long term. It just, you know, it seems like they're a bit of a, a stalemate at that point. So, um, kind of had running back, you know, on my radar. And it's hard to pinpoint exactly what kind of guy that they're going to be looking for. Obviously, they tend to get guys that are a bit bigger and like bruisers, but I think that Jones kind of fits the potential uh bell mold a little bit obviously we're, we're kind of projecting now but i think he could be a good receiver receiving back in the in the nfl he didn't do it a ton in in, in college but i think he's got the skill set to do it i think he's a slasher i think he's got the lateral agility to to make guys miss and things like that and so I kind of I went with Ronald Jones. I, I was waffling between a couple of different guys at a running back position but ended up going with Jones just based on the upside, uh, you know, what he can provide in the in the passing game. I agree with you that this is probably Le'Veon Bell's last year as a Steeler, and 
they're they're probably going to look to find his replacement here. So you're back on the clock with the 61st overall pick in the Seattle Seahawks after trading in the first round. You traded down and got Connor Williams. Uh, you got this extra second round pick. What are you doing with it? The Earl Thomas situation is really sort of up in the air still. It sounds like you know they've actually legitimately talked talked about moving him, and so I went with Justin Reed from Stanford. He's kind of you know highly athletic, rangy, versatile safety who can I could see him play that deep center you know role for the Seahawks or or even come up and play um, the strong safety spot for him. It's not going to be the Camp Chancellor type of guy, but I mean he he's got instincts and he can play that robber role. I think that that they like to do. And so with the Earl Thomas situation in flux, I went with Justin Reed just because, you know, the Seahawks are going to have to figure out something if the Earl Thomas thing's not going to work out. Reed is one of my favorite players in the draft, and I think this would be fantastic value for him. JR, you're back on the clock with a 60-second overall pick. You took Billy Price earlier for the Vikings. Where are you going here? Yeah, so I was keeping this pick in my back pocket, and I was crossing my fingers that this guy <laughs> failed at me here because this is absolutely one of my favorite players in this entire draft class, and that's Anthony Miller, the receiver from Memphis. And I just love his story going from being a walk-on and having to beg to be on the team at Memphis to going on and breaking pretty much every single Memphis receiving record that Isaac Bruce set um, a couple years ago or many years ago. So adding him to Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Kim DeWright, I just think that'd just be a disgustingly good <laughs> wide receiver core for Kirk Cousins. That's that's borderlining on unfair what the Vikings are starting to do on that offense. When you throw in Dalvin Cook too, I mean, God. and Anthony Miller is NFL. He might be as NFL ready as any receiver in this class. Absolute amazing footwork. Draws Antonio Brown comps. I think that's that's a little generous, but put Miller in the slot with the, he's going to see the third best corner every time with Diggs and Thielen out there. I don't I don't know how people are going to stop that that Vikings offense. You're you're going to have a fun season as a fan, Brett. You know you're up with your favorite team now, a division rival of the Vikings. The Lions are up, and where are they going here? Yeah, so it would be completely fitting for me, a PFF guy, to completely justify a pick with pure data, but I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> Last season, the Lions, the Lions offensive line generated the fewest yards before contact in the NFL, and Rashad Penny comes to the table and brings you 3.32 yards per carry when contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage, highest in the nation this past season. Hmm. Um, for comparative sake, Saquon Barkley ranked dead last in the nation in this statistic. No Saquon, um, so I think it's that a, wasn't necessary. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a huge Saquon guy, but I think it's cool. A lot of that, you know, is Penny's, you know, where he's playing, the level of play there, um, I think. But what it goes to show you is he, he's got incredible make-you-miss moves, and he, he's exceptional at generating yards after contact. Um, and, that, and that's a huge need for the Lions. It's I think it's pretty good value. We've probably seen a, more running backs come off the board than maybe will on draft day because it's a deep, deep group. But um, I, I like it. I think uh, Penny comes in. He, he pretty did pretty well in zone schemes and in college, and the Lions, you know, love that outside zone. So I think he he's got the athletic profile to thrive there as well. I think it's a really good landing spot for the reasons you you pointed out. And I was just joking about Saquon. I know that's one of your guys before draft Twitter starts (laughs) attacking you. But uh, JR, close us out here, man. The Cleveland Browns have drafted everybody so far. I mean, you got (laughs) Sam Darnold, Bradley Chubb, Isaiah Oliver, and Colton Miller. Uh, Who'd you close it out with here? So they go back to beefing up the trenches, and they go with B.J. Hill, the nose tackle from NC State. I think pairing him with a guy like Larry Ogunjobi, on the interior will be a great pick. Pass rushing line is going to start yes. to get really scary. <laughs> I love it. Well, guys, I just want to thank you for joining me, man. This was a, a blast doing these two-round mocks. Uh, guys, 
I was joined by Danny Kelly of The Ringer, JR of The Climb the Pocket, and Brett Whitefield of PFF. You can follow Brett at PFF underscore Brett. You can follow Danny at Danny B. Kelly, and you can follow JR at J. Reed Draft Scout. As always, guys, we really appreciate listening. Thank you.